Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 264. What do you mean by welcome the unknown? A question from a listener. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. In this episode, I'm going to speak to a very short, simple question that someone sent me. I'll read the question. It says, I heard one of your podcasts mentioning welcoming the unknown. Can you speak about how to welcome the unknown? What does that mean? I think it was huge for me to hear, but it would be helpful if you could talk about it in more detail. I love when, that's the whole question. I love when there's like a phrase that just you kind of feel something from it, you know, but you don't really know what it means. That's kind of what I'm guessing happened for this person who sent me the question. And I've had that happen often. The The phrase I'm loving right now is um, nothing ever happened. I don't know if that's really a phrase, but it's something that um, I think it's the title of, a, of Papa G's biography or autobiography or something. But I've heard other people say it as well. Nothing ever happened. And I just think that's really cool. So, I w- and I would love to hear people speak into that more. So, um, but I don't know who to ask. So someone asked me to speak into welcoming the unknown. So that's what we're going to do. So um, I, I'll start by saying that I did a podcast recently. Um, I think it was called, I Don't Know Anything. Um, it's not really about this, but it sort of is. So that would be a good one to listen to. I don't know the number. It's like maybe in the 250s. Um, it was pretty recently. So just this whole thing about not knowing anything and welcoming the unknown. I mean, to me, they're really, really kind of similar because if we think we know, if we, if we trust what we think we know, then we aren't, we just are going to be trusting what we think we know. We're going to be listening to stories and believing concepts and just looking really kind of in a different direction. The more we think we know and the more we trust, and that goes for anything, facts, like the more we're beliefs, the more we're carrying beliefs around, the more we think that some thought is true and some thought is helpful, as most people do believe that. Um, the more we're looking toward thought, belief, knowledge, any of that kind of stuff, well, that's just where we're looking. It's not good or bad, right or wrong, but we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more of thought, more of what we think we know. And and there's maybe some benefit in that, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, it can feel kind of safe. It's not safe, <laughs> but it can feel safe. Um, it can feel familiar, which has a benefit, I suppose. Um, I don't know. It's what we do. It's kind of like in the last episode, I talked about terror management, you know, especially when we're feeling uncertain or anxious or unsure or mentally busy or whatever, whatever that all is, you know, that's when we're going to maybe naturally look toward what we think we know and what we believe and who we are and all of these ideas. So, that's fine. That happens. Um, but I think this first step really in in this welcoming the unknown, whatever that means, 
looking toward the unknown is is just seeing that hey maybe we don't actually know anything and and even if you aren't there even if you think you do know some stuff maybe maybe still you're willing to just hold it very very loosely if you're just willing to be wrong about what you think you've known and that should be easy i mean come on we're all wrong all the time it should be pretty easy to at least you may not go as far as saying i i don't know anything at all like everything i have ever thought or believed or thought that i knew is a thought and therefore it's not ultimately true like if that freaks you out fine but i think we could at least be willing to be wrong about most of what we know at the very least because come on we're proven wrong constantly and by proven wrong i just mean like things are constantly changing everything everything you've ever thought about who you are or who someone else is has been has either been completely disproved or it's just gone like where does all this knowledge all of the stuff we think we know where does it go when thought stops where does it go when you fall asleep like really like right now you can just sit and go in a place beyond thought and where is it so how how real and permanent and and like tied to us or life or whatever is it really when it can, it can change we know it can change in an instant it could go to its opposite and it could also just completely vanish and it does all the time so Anyway, I think the first step to kind of looking toward um, the unknown, like what we don't know is is holding very loosely what we think we do know. And maybe if you're if you're extreme, saying, "Hey, I don't know anything. I, there's nothing that I think I actually that I truly believe that I know. Everything we think we know, again, this is like the big paradox. It there's a time when knowing feels very safe, when thoughts and beliefs and identities and all of that feel absolutely necessary and safe. And then there's this imaginary non-existent kind of point where that safety turns into a shackle. So, and we've all felt this so many times, everything that you have ever attached to or identified with or whatever has or will someday become limiting. It turns into a prison on us and, and we don't see when that happened. But that's, that's just kind of how it works because when we think we know something, that's not really anything we know. It's a, it's a concept that's just being drugged through time that doesn't really exist. It's being held onto and brought along and refreshed and recreated over and over and over again and identified with over and over and over again. And before long, again, there's a sense of safety and security in that sometimes, but before long, thankfully, we get weighed down by the crap that we keep re-bringing back up, you know, bringing back up over and over again and clinging to and identifying with. It kind of has to be that way. So, Everything that you think you are, everything you think you know, really ultimately is a prison and it's not serving in any way. 
only in this relative world when we think we're a separate me and we need certain things to be true, to be okay again, then it can feel like it has some temporary benefit. But that benefit's going to run out. And then when that benefit runs out, it's not just that the benefit runs out. Now all of these concepts become our shackles and they really kind of limit and weigh us down. So like when you think you know what you want, for example, I think I know what I want in life or I think I know what I want for my future or for dinner or whatever. Fine, fine that that stuff arises. Of course, it's fine that that arises, but it's just a thought. It's just a thought arising. Don't grab it. You can't bring it with you. Why would you bring it with you? Again, it can feel like it gives a sense of solidity and consistency. So I kind of know why we'd bring it with us, but really look at it, like back up from that and see it in a little bit bigger picture. Like, especially something like, you know, beyond dinner, like what you want for your future or your life or your family or whatever, find that those thoughts arise, but why try to turn them into concrete and drag them with us? Let them change. Let them, let, them, let them not weigh you down. Let them be there and then go. So whenever we think we know what we want and we're sure, the more sure we are, the more we're just locked into that. Ultimately, it's going to become super disappointing, super limiting, super disappointing because we only think we want something because we think it's going to give us something. And then we ultimately see that thing can't give me anything and then we're just disappointed. So, you know, I think... I think at this point we can all kind of cut to the chase a little bit and like see see the bigger picture, see how this has always played out that way. What you want can't bring you anything. Very, very temporarily it can, it can look like it brings a feeling. That's it. That's it. And that feeling changes like all feelings do. And then what? And we're, we're hanging on saying, why is this relationship not working anymore? Why is this job not working anymore? Well, it's done. Let it go. Let it go and see what wants to come in next. So that's kind of thinking we know what we want. I mean, in a little bit bigger sense, when you think you know who you are, this is who I am and this is what I believe and this is the kind of person I am. Or when you think you know who your partner is or your children are or your best friend is, you're trapped, totally trapped. Tiny little blip sometimes of some sense of knowing and future predictability and certainty and security, such fleeting feelings. And they're not even real. They're not, I mean, they're feelings, right? But they're not rooted in any truth because who are you? You're not who you think you are. No matter what you think you are, you're not that. Even when, you, when we say, I'm pure consciousness, well, no, you're not. Those are words. What even is that? What even is that? Even when we say, oh, I don't know who my partner is. Okay, awesome. I mean, that's what, that's what we're leaning into, right? Is in that, is that space of, I don't know. But we can't help it. I mean, the mind brings in ideas and concepts and images and memories and traits and just attaches. So, the more we think we know, the more wrong we are and the more trapped we're going to be. And, and really, whether it's ourself or others, it all works in the exact same way. Even when someone tells us, 
how they feel. Like we can't know anything that's going on for anyone else. Not even close. Even when they tell us they're saying words, they're not, you know, we, we can feel into that, but we just don't really know anything. So when you think that you know certain spiritual concepts, let's say, that you're made of innate health, feels good, it's a nice idea, maybe it's pointing to something that's true, but it is not true. What does that mean? Those are words. Those are, it's a, it's a concept. There's going to be 8 billion different ways that that's conceptualized and then, and then cling to and attached to and carried through time and repeated. Oh, I'm innate health. You're innate health. Like now it's nothing. Now it's absolute. That's nothing to believe. It's nothing to like think, you know, and carry with you. The, the words as pointers are beautiful. Maybe they point towards something that that feels really expansive. But the minute we think we know something, now we've taken that expansiveness and, and crammed it into a tight little ball of knowing that we get to put in our pocket and claim and give to other people and all of this. And now it's it's not really doing it the same. Now, I'm not saying don't share what you've seen or sensed, of course, but... But we just need to do that, I think, with the understanding that it is only a pointer, that we're just pointing in a direction and that there's nothing known here. There's maybe, I don't know, there's nothing known and we and that there's no benefit in knowing. We don't necessarily want to know or need to know. We want to open to what we don't know. And I know that's the question that the that the listener sent, you know, how do I open to what I don't know? Well, a huge first step is seeing that we don't know anything and we think we do know a lot of stuff. So once we kind of have that out of the way, you know, once we can start to not trust what we think we know and see there's just no benefit the way our mind tells us there is. There's no benefit in knowing so much, far more of a prison than it is freedom. Then it gets much easier. I don't even know. I don't know how. I don't have any clue how, but I've, I think I think we are the unknown. Everything is is all the unknown. So there's a natural, it's not even accurate to say it this way. I was going to say like an orientation toward it. But then that assumes there's a you that's going to orient toward or away from something. But but just to use that language, there's this natural kind of movement into it, this natural kind of orientation toward it and this natural movement away from knowing when when we kind of see this a little bit when we're open to being wrong about everything we thought we knew. So even these spiritual concepts, which which have been extremely helpful for a moment in a second that, that we kind of glimpsed what they were pointing toward, they also need to be thrown away. Thought, thoughts always change. My thinking's always changing. Okay, but... Don't carry that around like a Bible verse. Like, what's your experience? Is your experience right now, like what you're experiencing right now, thoughts always change? Probably not. I don't know, but that's, a, that's another concept. That's a label on experience. What's before that? What's before that label? Even what we're talking about here, that I don't know anything or that nothing is knowable or whatever. We don't want to turn this into concrete either. I mean, I made it the title of an episode, so it's it's kind of 
it's kind of doing that a little bit, but it's nothing. It's not a truth that there is that I don't know anything is not something that I know. <laughs> that you don't know anything is not something you want to know. All of this is just kind of opening to something that's not knowable, kind of the mystery beyond the words. So how do you touch this place of not knowing when there's so much that you think you know? You just be dumb. You be really, really dumb. You orient away, so to speak, from what you think you know. And it's tough. I don't I don't know how to do this either. It almost feels like like grace, you know? It almost feels like it it's just something around, you know, ultimately it's not something we do. That's why it's impossible to really describe how to do it. But it it almost feels like something that's just seen and glimpsed when we're really open to it and curious about it. And when we're marveling in the mystery of life, we tend to sense something from that mystery. When we're mucking around in knowledge and identities and facts, then we just tend to sense a lot more knowledge and identity and facts. So there is a real turning toward, I think, the mystery, the unknown, with a feeling of willingness to see, to to go there, whatever it is. And then, and it it's not anything, but but that's where we kind of have to notice, like watch, oh, my mind's going to turn it into a concept because that's what it does. So you may feel like you're oriented toward the mystery of life, toward the unknown. I have no idea what's real. I, I often ask questions like just fully in the sense of looking around, like what's here before thought? What is this? What even is this? What's going on here? What's here before anything has a name or a label or a knowing? You can play with that and it kind of leads you into this space of of being really dumb, of of being fully in the senses before or without the labels and the knowledge. And then you just get to discover now what's gonna happen is right away you might you might say I'm just making this up, but you might you might see something that looks that your mind tells you is solid, like a couch, let's say. You might see your couch start to kind of um, kind of glimmer a little bit. Maybe it starts to look a little bit less solid. Now, right away, I bet your mind is going to jump in and say, oh, here's what's here before labels and knowledge and memory. Things shimmer. Mm, no, don't know that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe that's a way to describe an experience in a moment, but don't know that either. Because now as soon as you know that, then that's a prison. Now you know that things shimmer. Now you're looking for shimmering and then there's no mystery anymore. So I hope you can kind of feel that. Like just, it's so funny and fascinating to catch how quickly, to notice how quickly the mind wants to turn something into something, turn nothing into something really. So it'll make concepts the whole way through. And then we just get to kind of notice those and set those aside too. Notice those and reject those too. So the person who sent this question, which I love, thank you for sending it, um, also sent a question about unrequited love. And I think it, it was along the lines of like, she's in a 
some kind of relationship where she feels like she's putting in all the effort. And and so I just want to speak to that too, because I think these things are very related. I'm sure, you know, she's in a situation where she's putting in all the effort and she feels like, why is he not responding? What What does this mean? Why is he not answering me back? And like, just trying to, it sounds like trying to figure out a lot of stuff. And then in a separate question, she's very struck with this welcoming, welcoming the unknown idea, which is really beautiful because I think that's kind of how it works, right? Like that's kind of the answer to your first question or it's a, it's not the answer, but it's like a, a direction. It's, it's the, the wisdom you're looking for. You know, she asked the question and then she's like, oh yeah, by the way, what about this welcoming the unknown thing? Well, that applies over there too, you know? So, so I think I just remember, especially with relationships, um, man, I don't know if it's just an age thing or what it was or a relationship thing, but that, that was like the epitome of like needing to know, you know, kind of like, how do they feel and what are they thinking and where is this going and all of those questions and at different points, I mean, I would, you know, if I wasn't getting from them how they feel and what they're thinking, I would like read their horoscope. I would like go to great lengths to somehow get in their head. It looks so important to know. And that makes so much sense. You know, it it feels like this relationship means something. Like our our safety is dependent on it. Our security is dependent on our self-esteem, whatever it is. Something is on the hook. And it really looks like it means something. And anytime anything really looks like it means something, we're going to really, really, really try to know. And even if we don't know, we're, our mind's going to make something up to just give us the illusion of knowing. And we're going to believe it. We're going to go with it. And that's where thoughts and beliefs come from. It's like the mind just throws something out to like give some sense of knowing, some sense of, of and it helps calm your mind down. And then we walk around believing things that our mind just completely fabricated to help us calm down that don't have a lick of truth to them. But but there's a benefit, there's an odd benefit in that when we're when we're in that, you know? So I would just say, like, again, remembering when I was in this place a lot, um, as much as it feels like knowing is exactly what we want and need, what if knowing is the problem? These theories the mind makes up about what it means that he didn't text you back and what he's thinking and where this is going. As soon as those questions are asked in the mind, that same mind is answering the questions. It's really, really bad at just sitting and hanging out and, and not knowing. It won't do it. A question will be asked and an answer will typically be given and it's not and, it, and it's coming from the same place, right? So on some level, it's not like, well, why didn't he text me back? I'm just curious. It's like, why didn't he text me back? I'm assuming that's because he doesn't like me and I'm wasting my time and this is going to happen. You know, there's a whole, a million answers have already been provided by the mind and they're being felt and they're looking like truth. So it's actually knowing that's leading to the suffering here, not not knowing. Not knowing is beautiful. There's zero suffering and not knowing. There's a lot of suffering and knowing. So that's kind of where I think we want to look, right? Where we want, kind of want to hang out. Like, what if I know nothing about this? I know nothing about what it means to be ghosted. I know nothing about, that's a phrase she used. I know nothing about 
this person, myself, this relationship, what I want, what's best for me, what's best for the other person. I know absolutely nothing. I'm literally just hanging out in the unknown, feeling and seeing what's coming my way, what's arising right now. But but and noticing the mind, trying to know it all, trying to grab what arises and turn it into something. But but best you can, and kind of it's not really a thing you do, kind of just seeing that happen and knowing that that all of those constant conclusions that are being drawn are not true conclusions. They're a mind trying to give you a sense of safety. So I don't know if this helps at all or not. <laughs> I really can't say how to welcome the unknown or how to look toward it because it isn't really a thing that we do. But I think it is an orientation that starts to form, especially when we see the trap of knowing. And, and maybe that's enough, you know, that some looking as vague as it is, looking in the direction of the mystery, looking in the direction of the unknown and a little bit away from all these things we think we know. I think life is is on our side enough. Life is us. <laughs> so it's it's going to kind of move you through that. It has a life of its own. Everything seems to. We don't have to figure out how to look there and be there and, and be in the mystery. But just even the interest being piqued, the question coming up for you, that statement doing something for you, like you feeling the the potential freedom in that, that's plenty. The ball is rolling. And, and hopefully something I've added here kind of, kind of helps a little bit. The fall 2023 Little School of Big Change class begins in just three weeks on September 11th. 95% of LSBC grads say that what they learned in this course put them on the path to lasting change. We're so confident in that that we offer a money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. Head over to the littleschoolofbigchange.com to enroll now. It's going to be an amazing six weeks full of insights and lasting change for all of us. I hope to see you there.